We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com live postgame show slash podcast. Oh, boy. Rough night for the Los Angeles Lakers across the board, not just in what they did in this game. And what they did was very bad, dropping a game to the Knicks, a very winnable game. I should, well, I shouldn't say very bad. They had an opportunity to win this game. This wasn't like they completely no-showed. This wasn't like the effort just simply was completely not there. They, But this was a very winnable game that they dropped to the Knicks. And then elsewhere in the NBA, everything that the Lakers needed to go their way did not. The Thunder won. The Pelicans won. So as a result, the Lakers, as of this moment, have dropped to the 11 seed in the Western Conference. Dropped all the way down. The Jazz have been winning. The Thunder have been winning. The Pelicans have been winning. And that has caused the Lakers, with this one loss, to drop down to the 11th seed. They are in a four-way tie, record-wise, with the Jazz, the Thunder, and the Pelicans currently. But because of tiebreakers, they are now the 11th seed in the Western Conference. Long way to go. The Western Conference is very, very compact, very tight. Um, But they had an opportunity here to move into a three-way tie with the Wolves and Mavs for the seventh seed. And the Lakers said, no, thank you. We will not be doing that. And largely, when you look at this game, you know, it was a it was a close game. It was a game that you should have won, a Knicks team on the second night of a back-to-back after the Knicks had such a poor showing yesterday against the Clippers. That's what really hurts. The Knicks having a terrible performance yesterday against the Clippers, and then tonight, 33 points for Randall, 30 points for R.J. Barrett. Just too much from both of those two players. Uh, again, Randall, terrible against the Clippers and then has a pretty good performance here against the Lakers. Unfortunate timing for everything that happened in this one. But ultimately, I look at free throws. The Lakers, 10 of 17 from the free throw line, 58% in a game that you lose by four. That's that's the game right there. I mean, the Knicks shot 30% from three. The Lakers shot 33%. The Knicks shot 48% from the field. The Lakers shot 48% from the field. The Knicks and Lakers both turned the ball over 11 times. The Knicks had 12 offensive rebounds. The Lakers had 10. Like, this game was very close across the stat sheet. And the Knicks flat out made more free throws 
than the Lakers did at a higher percentage. And that, that my friends is the game. So we've got a lot to talk about. What does this mean for the Lakers moving forward? Um, yeah, lot to get into. So thank you guys. Those of you who are joining me live again, not the celebration we were hoping for. The Lakers had a chance to get to 500 here tonight. And obviously they do not. They're now two games below, uh, had an opportunity to get to 500 and it's a wasted one, a wasted opportunity, unfortunately in this game, lot to get into lot to get into. So let's dive right into it. You know what? Let me start with some stats before we get into the super chats here. Anthony Davis, eight for 18, not good enough there, but not again, not horrendous, but eight for 18 from AD, not good enough. 16 boards, four assists, two steals, one belt, one block, 17 points. Would have liked to have seen more there from Anthony Davis. D'Angelo Russell, you can't ask for anything more. 33 points, eight assists, 13 of 19 shooting, six of 11 from three. Uh, you got 13 out of Austin Reeves, four of six shooting and hits a three, uh, four assists as well. I think we probably needed to see probably five more minutes of Austin Reeves in this game. I think that may have been a difference maker in this one. Malik Beasley, meanwhile, four for 12, two for eight from three. That's not efficient enough. I do look at the rotation and wonder if you flipped five minutes away from Beasley and given them to Reeves, does the outcome of this game change? I do wonder. Beasley still just does not have it going right now. We were really hoping for a bounce back performance in this one. Troy Brown, who's been great for the Lakers lately, he's been, been a great shooter, did not hit anything tonight. 0 for 7 from 3, 0 for 8 from the field overall, 4 assists, 3 points all at the free throw line. 28 minutes for Troy Brown and 0 for 7. Again, a game you lose by four. There you go. There's there's opportunities given away to potentially win this game. I also thought, looking at this game, the way Isaiah, my concern coming in was, are we going to come out of this game saying, yeah, the Lakers need another big? The Lakers need another big. Like, it's very clear. Look, Wenyan Gabriel, I have nothing, I don't have anything bad to say about Wenyan. Wenyan does what he what he can what you can expect him to do but when you're going up against a team that has two legit bigs in Isaiah Hartenstein and Mitchell Robinson I don't think Wenyan Gabriel is enough in there in the middle particularly against a, a team that's so good on the offensive glass you need more of a physical presence in there the Lakers need another big now is that Boogie is that Dwight Howard is that Derek Favors I you know I don't think there's anybody that you look at and say, this guy is a great 20 minute a night player, but you're looking for somebody that can give you 10 minutes in a specific matchup like this. I do think they need another big out there. That's, that's my thought for this game. Ace of hearts said irritating loss. Troy Brown played way too long. He didn't have it going. Rees played not enough. Yep. Uh, I don't care how good the Knicks have been this year. Isaiah Hartenstein shouldn't hold AD. Yeah, agreed. A AD. It was, it was a subpar performance from Anthony Davis based on his standards. Again, you look at the, at the box score and you could say, you know what? AD wasn't, wasn't too bad, right? But when you look at this game, you just, you didn't feel AD's presence in this one. You just didn't feel his presence the way that you needed to. Eight for 18 and 17 points. Like the 16 boards, four assists, two steals, one block. That's fine. But 17 points on eight for 18 shooting. It's just not enough. And one of five at the free throw line in a game, again, when you lose by four, it's not enough. You need more than this from Anthony Davis. Again, that's a big part of why free throws and I think the rotation, probably why the Lakers lose this game. 
Young Ninja, let me calm things down here. Lakers are going to win the next three or four in a row, and this frustrating loss will be a distant memory in a week's time. AD always plays well against New Orleans, especially in New Orleans. Well, I hope so. There's a lot now riding on that. There always was going to be. But the next game up is Tuesday in New Orleans. There is now a ton riding on that game because you are tied with the Pelicans right now in the standings. Of course, there's the pick swap situation. There is the tiebreaker situation. That game against the Pelicans is now a must win. Once again, the Pelicans did not have Brandon Ingram tonight. I would be surprised. And I don't know. I have no details on his injuries, but we know the way this goes. Players come back to play against the Lakers. The Pelicans got a win tonight that we badly needed them to not. They beat the Blazers. No Brandon Ingram, no Zion Williamson, and Troy, Trey Murphy the third goes for 41. Like, that's just, that is unfortunate for the Lakers, and now the Pelicans are tied with the Lakers record-wise, and Tuesday's game becomes very, very big. It is now about as much, as must win as it can get in this stage of the season, and once again, I would have to imagine Brandon Ingram. I, I'm just anticipating him playing again. I don't have any details on exactly how bad his injury is or anything like that, but yeah, I would have to imagine he gives us one to go. I'm looking right now. Ingram's been ruled out for the second straight game. Uh, no real details on how bad the Ingram injury is. It's a sprained ankle. No details there on what's happening with, uh, with him, but in any event, yeah, New Orleans, Tuesday. Massive, massive game for the Lakers. Uh, Albert, thoughts on AD and D'Lo resting at the same time? I hate it. I hate it, Albert. Thought it killed momentum. Also, Rui missed a few crucial rebounds. He did. And you know what? Overall, I didn't think Rui had a bad game. But the big thing, how did the Knicks beat you? They crush you on the offensive glass. Now, they didn't crush the Lakers in this game, but they came up with some offensive rebounds at inopportune moments for the Lakers. And uh, again, the, the final result was a Lakers loss. AD and D'Lo resting at the same time. We shouldn't be surprised at this point because Darvin has not staggered his play. We've seen all season long, LeBron and AD, when they were both healthy, both out of the game at the same time. Um, that was a consistent thing. So that should be no surprise that AD and D'Lo were out at the same time. But I would prefer not to see that. I would prefer those two to be staggered. Um, that doesn't mean you want them playing a bunch of minutes without the other one either, but I don't think you can have whatever it is, three, four minutes from the end of the third into the beginning of the fourth where neither AD or D'Lo is on the floor and expect the team to win those minutes in a must-win situation like this. Sometimes they can get it done, and sometimes you know that, that trust is rewarded, but just in general, just conceptually, even if it works every now and then, I don't think it's the best pra best practice here for the Lakers. I don't think that's a that's good decision making. I think you want at least one of them on the floor at all times because you can do that. You're making the choice to pull both of them off the floor and then you're just keeping your fingers crossed and hoping that the guys that are on the floor can hang on and just play the opponent even while you wait to put them back into the game. Uh, JH, if Bees can't make a three, then why play him over Lonnie? Lonnie is better at everything else. I think we should prioritize re-signing him over Bees. I've talked about this. I don't. I think it's too early to be out on Beasley. I think he's a better shooter than what we're seeing here. He did do some good things in terms of getting into the paint. But yes, a lot of his value does come from three-point shooting. And if he's not hitting that, that, that takes away from a lot of what he brings. Now, I'll also say this. There's something to keep an eye on. The Knicks 
weren't defending him with fear in this game. We've seen teams scared of Beasley. And, and by that, I mean they're hugging him, staying with him wherever he goes, not giving him an ounce of daylight as though he's Steph Curry. The Knicks didn't do that so much with Beasley in this game. In fact, most of Beasley's looks in this game were spot-up open threes. This was not, hey, he's coming off of two curls or two screens and has to rise up and shoot over the hand of a defender. That's not the kind of look Beasley got in this game, and he still shot just two for eight. Now, again, I think better days are ahead for Beasley, but this was, look, we've been saying it for the past couple of games, past three games, really, that the that Beasley needs a bounce back in the worst way. You need like a five for eight shooting night from three out of Malik Beasley, and instead you got two for eight in a game that you lost by four. You need him knocking down shots, particularly what's worrisome is if teams start to defend him the way the Knicks did tonight, and Beasley's not making them pay, then yes, he becomes less playable. Now, again, I think long-term, I believe he's a good three-point shooter. I think long-term, those shots will go down. I think he's in a shooting slump right now, but this is not the time of the season for it. You need him knocking down those shots. And again, that's why when I look at when I look at the minutes distribution, I can't help but think if Austin plays five more minutes and Beasley plays five less, is this scoreline flipped? I was surprised that Beasley got those minutes in the fourth and we didn't see Austin play north of uh, 30 minutes in this game. I think it's fair to question whether or not Austin should have gotten more opportunities in this. Now, Austin did have three turnovers. There were some moments. I'm not saying he played a perfect game, but I think he was giving you more than Beasley was. Uh, send Darvin Ham to prison. His love for Schroeder is nauseating. I'm assuming that's what that emoji means. Uh, Kasuki says that, look, Dennis Schroeder's made some really big plays for the Lakers in the fourth quarter uh, in games. He's been a good closer. Even he missed a free throw down the stretch. Uh, and he's one of, if not the best free throw shooters on the team. Sometimes you just have those nights, but I understand why Darvin keeps going back to him, but this was not a good Schroeder. It wasn't, it wasn't a good performance for anybody, really, aside from uh, D'Lo. Now, Dennis Schroeder finishes with 14 points, but two turnovers, six for 11 shooting, but one of two at the free throw line. But this was just an average performance for the entire team, aside from D'Angelo Russell. Uh, average at best, I should say. There were a few players who were, were bad in this game. Everybody else was average at best in, in this one. And that's, that's how you drop a game like this. Again, a critical game. Ace of Hearts, Masterlock free throws and Troy Brown's terrible defense on Barrett and Quickly. Also, if Beasley has another game like this, he should lose the starting role. So, uh, Barrett and quickly, Troy, Troy Brown's defense. Well, the Lakers' scheme is a drop coverage on uh, defensively, and so quickly, though, is going to thrive in that type of situation. He's really good at hitting that little mid-range floater, and he did a number of times, burn the Lakers there. Uh, Troy Brown, look, you don't want to see a guy like R.J. Barrett get going. You don't want to see a guy like R.J. Barrett drop 33 points on you. Um, that's not to say he's a bad player, but he's not a, oh, I'm sorry, 30 points. That's not, but he's not a 30 point per night guy. Um, that's not really what he does. He, the last time he dropped 30 was February 2nd. So it's been over a month since he's had a 30 point game and the Lakers just gave him one on 12 of 27 shooting. Um, they gave him open looks from three and he was one for eight there. So that worked, but you gave him way too many opportunities at the basket and you can put some of that on uh on Troy but 
everybody was struggling defending him. Even you know Beasley was defending him and got and got crushed. It was not good, not good at all from the Lakers defensively. Senpai, I really need Darwin to address his decision to play Beasley, Troy Brown, 54 combined minutes in a night where they were terrible. Master lock free throws 100%. Yeah, you know what? This is, and this comes on the heels of us complimenting Darwin for recognizing last game that Beasley didn't have it going and giving the minutes to Austin and that working out so well. What happened? We we just saw that decision made last game and it worked out great. And this game, we're seeing the same thing, same situation. In fact, now you've got two guys. You had Troy Brown and Beasley, who both just didn't have it going. Look, it happens. And I know there's frustration with Beasley, but Troy Brown's been shooting great. Didn't have it going tonight. That happens with shooting percentages. That's normal. That happens from time to time. But when it's happening, you got to react to it. And you got to do something. That means you've got to sub. You've got to find somebody who can put the ball in the basket. And look, Troy Brown wasn't doing it. And you can say, well, defensively helps you out. And there's some games where you have an argument for that. Tonight wasn't really that night. So why was that decision? And that's what this is what I would be curious about. Why was this decision made and made successfully last game that, hey, we recognize Beasley doesn't have it going. Let's put these minutes somewhere else. And then the opposite decision made here tonight. And again, I think you can argue that if you make that call tonight, outcome of the game could have very well been different. Kyle said, obviously would have preferred to win, but I'm still behind the team and these guys. We're still getting better. Good things will come next up. Sure hope so. Again, this puts a lot of pressure on Tuesday. There was always going to be, but this puts a lot of pressure on Tuesday's game. It makes it a massive must win. And then you get second night of a back-to-back in Houston. Now, obviously that, like Houston's not a good team, but you know every team gets up to play the Lakers, so that's going to be a thing. So that's your schedule. You go New Orleans, must win on Tuesday. Houston, must win. I know we look at that and say that should be a win, but that makes it all the more reason you have to win it. Then you get Dallas on Friday. Dallas on Friday, that's also, I mean, they're all must wins right now, but if you want to have any shot at sneaking up into like the seven or eight, got to got to beat Dallas on Friday. Important, important games coming up for the Lakers. Uh, Surin said, Ham lost this game. Lonnie needs to play for shot making. And how do you not know the clock at the end of the game? No in-game adjustments either. I think we we sometimes conflate adjustments that don't work with not making adjustments, right? Like when the Lakers lose, we just assume, oh, we didn't make the right, we didn't make adjustments. Sometimes you make the right adjustments and guys just miss shots. I mean, again, you make four more free throws and this game is tied, right? I mean, you lost by four and you shot horribly from the free throw line. Like that can just be the game. There were some adjustments that were made in this one. We saw Anthony Davis switch over on Julius Randle, who was killing them in the first half. Um, he switched over at halftime. Randle didn't get it going nearly as much in the second half. And so that's an adjustment that was made. So there were adjustments made, but but you can say maybe it wasn't, wasn't enough. Um, not knowing the clock at the end of the game, certainly not fouling soon enough. Would have fouled RJ Barrett when he had the ball there. They didn't do that. I don't know if Lonnie is the, I think our, our knee jerk reaction is whoever's on the bench would have been better than the guy that was in the game. Therefore go to that player. That guy's the solution. Um, if Beasley isn't hitting threes, maybe Lonnie is potentially an answer now, but Lonnie defensively leaves a lot to be desired and he gets lost a lot 
And so that's something to consider here. But sure, in a game when Troy Brown can't score and Beasley can't score, I mean, maybe you give Lonnie a five-minute burst and see if he has it going. And if not, you pull him. It's a, it's a reasonable take, I'll say. Jared said, unfortunate game, just not our year to make a real run. At least I'm an Arsenal fan, LOL. I sure hope that they can uh, get going again. You know, I mean, look, you win the next three, then you're above 500 and you're feeling good and, and you can make that push still, but it puts more pressure on winning these next games. Giassi said, AD needs to be more dominant offensively. Absolutely. Absolutely. Troy Brown and Beasley, a no-show. Transition and paint defense was terrible. We need to sign a big ASAP. Yep. Sign a big. Sign a big. You need to add somebody. You need to add somebody. Now, against the Pelicans, do you need a big? Yeah, I mean, Jackson Hayes would be in there off the bench. At... Bounce Eunice, yeah, he's uh, an issue, maybe, if you can find somebody. But you're going to see matchups where you really need another big. Koa, sorry, but Lakers deserve to get booed for that terrible fourth quarter, especially the breakdown that wasted 17 seconds. Amateur mistake, uh, Davis on the free throw line. Yeah, I mean, look. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. It was the Lakers had opportunities to take this thing in the fourth quarter, and it felt like every time the Lakers had a chance to get going, they just didn't. And frankly, I look at the beginning of the game. I was really frustrated with the beginning of the game because the Lakers were hot. D'Angelo Russell was hitting shots, and their lead was just about non-existent. Why? Because Julius Randle was parading to the free-throw line. 
all the calls that he wasn't getting yesterday against the Clippers, he suddenly was getting little touch fouls he was getting. And then AD was getting hammered on the other end with no call. The Lakers had an opportunity to be up 9, 10, maybe in the first quarter. But the calls were all going to Randall. Randall took seven free throws in the first quarter. And that kept the, kept the Knicks right there. That created a, a close game when there should have been a little bit of a cushion for the Lakers to play with, which by the end of the game, that would have been a major factor there. So even the beginning of the game didn't go the way the Lakers would have preferred. Um, and I thought there were some just flat out wrong calls that were made early. And I'm not going to say the Lakers have plenty of time to react, to respond to what happened early in the game and to win this thing. And they did this to themselves. They shot themselves in the foot at the free throw line saying there wasn't really a moment where I felt like the Lakers, even when they had it going, didn't really exert themselves or build the lead that we expected them to. But speaking of which, let's do this. Superstar of the night. Superstar of the night. It's really unfortunate. It's really unfortunate because D'Angelo Russell had a phenomenal shooting game. You can't look, this is two excellent shooting games in a row from D'Angelo Russell, and you can't expect them to do this every single night. So you kind of wasted a good shooting night. Not kind of, you did. You wasted a good shooting night from D'Lo. 33 points, eight assists, 13 of 19 shooting, six for 11 from three. Like you can't ask for anything more from D'Angelo Russell. So clearly he's the superstar of the night. He had a much more impactful performance, I thought, than Anthony Davis did. AD did, uh, of course, the work on the boards and all that. Did have a block, a couple of steals, did some things there. But in terms of scoring the basketball, it was D'Lo. And uh, he was tremendous. He's the superstar of the night. And how good he was, I think, really just makes it all the more unfortunate that they that they found a way to drop this game. So they certainly did. Found a way to lose this one. And this is what the Lakers were doing pre-trade trade deadline, was finding ways to lose games. So that doesn't feel good. You know, how many times did we say, hey, you wasted a great LeBron performance and found a way to lose a game late. Um, that's kind of what the Lakers did here. Now, fortunately, that's not what they've done for the most part since the trade deadline. They've been very good at finding ways to win games. So hopefully this is just an outlier and they get back to their winning ways on Tuesday and off they go. Hopefully that's what we see out of the Lakers. But we'll see here. Long way to go. Long way to go. Right now, both Kyrie and Luca are dealing with injuries. But again, I would imagine both are back by the time the Lakers play them at the end of the week. Uh, Gerald said, this is why people question AD's motor. Gave us two terrible games in a row offensively and must win games. One step forward, two steps back with us. Yeah, look, if you're frustrated with AD, I understand it. I understand frustration with AD in this one. I thought he had opportunities to really exert himself, particularly moments to go at Hardenstein where he just couldn't seem to hang on to the ball, couldn't seem to um, get himself really going. It just was not the dominant performance you really needed to see in this game out of Anthony Davis. You just didn't get that from him. You just didn't get that from him tonight. And that's bad timing, bad timing for that bad timing for sure. Uh, This one says love AD, but less than 20 is unacceptable. Two games in a row. Also coach, he calls him Turkey instead of ham really makes questionable decisions. Delos in rare form. Can't waste it. Yeah. Uh, Again, a a wasted good performance out of D'Angelo Russell. Excellent shooting performance out of D'Lo. Just very, very much bad timing and unfortunate. Again, you can make up for this. You can make up for it. But now you really have to win on Tuesday, and you've got to go on a run after this. 
Uh, HB Triple Threat said, I don't care what anyone says. Ham is an idiot who doesn't understand momentum. It's not against the law to let players play over eight-minute increments. Also play Max more. Yeah, Max isn't playing at all. Max Christie. I, I found that most people, if they don't think Lonnie is the solution, they're saying Max Christie is the solution here to Beasley's issues that he's had shooting the basketball. But nonetheless, yeah. Um, I didn't like the things that, that Darvin Ham did in, in this one. I didn't like the rotation. I didn't like not staggering. Uh, D'Lo, again, it's easy to say when they lose, but I also didn't like going back on the previous decision you made that worked in terms of Beasley's minutes. Bashir said, team was lethargic and we were still close. Yeah, fully healthy. We have a team that can win it all, but not the coaching. Darvin Ham is an abomination. Man, a lot of hate for Darvin Ham in this one. And again, I, I get it. I get it. I know this is a frustrating one. You had the chance to get the 500. And this isn't like the Knicks came out and shot 70% from three and you just say, well, what are you supposed to do, right? It wasn't one of those games. This was a game that you had an opportunity to win. As poorly as you played, and I thought the Lakers played poorly, they had an opportunity to win this one and just couldn't make the plays when they needed to. Young Ninja, just wait till D'Lo and Malik get fired at the same time. I hope we see that. I hope we do. But the chances are, are getting slim here. We're getting, there's not that many games left in the season. Mario, what was up with Ham calling a timeout between free throws with five seconds left in the game? Uh, I think he was trying to ice the shooter. It was Josh Hart at that point, our old friend. That's what he was going for. Also, Josh Hart, two big plays to kill the Lakers at the end. Got an offensive rebound when the Lakers had got a stop, turned into a bucket for the Knicks, and then hits two free throws to ice the game. Josh Hart comes back to kill the Lakers. And Randall, too. Uh, AD wasn't aggressive enough. Agreed. Be blessed. Beasley had us all fooled. He's just out there getting cardio. Gotta hit shots. He's got to. And I still believe that at some point he's going to come around. But again, if, if this was the bounce back Beasley game, they win the game. That's how close this one was. If Beasley hits two more of those threes, they win the game. Terrell, Troy Brown killed us tonight. 0 for 8 and let Barrett and quickly go right by him every single time. It was not a good Troy Brown game. Beasley and Brown together, two for 15 from deep. That's not going to get it done. And really, it was just D'Lo. D'Lo and Rui. Rui was two for three from three. D'Lo was six for 11. Austin was one for two, but everybody else was well below average from three in this game. Koa had a feeling they'd choke to get to 500. We better win against the Pelicans without B.I. and the Mavs without Luka. Got to get that four-game winning streak after this loss. Yeah, and I look, again, if a player has a chance to come back against the Lakers, you know they're going to. We've seen it all season long. I'm not assuming B.I. is out on Tuesday. I'm not assuming Luka is out on Friday. In fact, if anything, I'm go I would be looking at assuming they play in those games. I, and I have no information on those injuries or anything, but that's what we've seen all season. I think the Lakers have to be prepared to beat those teams with those players. Uh, Chitty Bang said, felt like AD wasn't aggressive enough, missed too many open threes and free throws, and the rebounding was a problem, but I think we win our next four or five. I sure hope so. If they do, then this will be kind of a forgotten memory. Wicked Bronco, the basketball gods forbid us from getting to 500. This game reminds me so much of that Minnesota game. AD has been playing soft since D'Lo came back. No way he should get beat by RJ and Hartenstein. RJ had 11 points last night. Again, that's that's where this was doubly damaging. Because the Knicks had a horrific performance against the Clippers where the Lakers needed them to win and then showed up 
against the Lakers. We needed the opposite to happen. This was very, very damaging. The weekend that the Knicks put on here, extremely damaging to the Lakers. Mamba mentality. I'm tired of babying, babying someone to confidence. Got to be tough. If they're not producing, bench them. Bring in someone who can produce. Yes, I'm talking about Beasley. We clap out of pity when he made one out of a million. We don't have time for this. Again, why, why was this the game when we just saw last game where Beasley got extra minutes? Beasley's not shooting well in this game. Why does he play 26 minutes when he played 21 last game? Why did Austin play 25 minutes when he played over 30 last game? It's not If Beasley had it going, then yeah, then by all means. If Austin wasn't producing for you, and again, he had some turnovers, but if other than that, Austin was producing. 13 points, four of six shooting. He's one of your better guys in terms of making big shots. I was surprised that Austin didn't get more, get more minutes and Beasley did. I, understandable, Beasley has it going, but he didn't. Why I didn't like those comments AD made about as long as we win, I don't care about my numbers. You can't be playing soft. You have to dominate every game and not have four game stretches and then chill. Wake up. Yeah, I mean... I, I'm okay with AD making those comments saying, I don't care about my numbers because he's putting the team first. He's saying, look, if I have to defend and block shots and all that, then I'm okay with that. As long as that is the path to victory. Uh, he's Yes, he's got to be aggressive. Yes, he has to be assertive and all those things. But I don't think him saying that was him saying, I'm not going to be aggressive or anything like that. I don't think that's what he was saying. I mean, it was just, a, it was, you didn't get enough out of him in this game. You just didn't. And it was... Bad timing, that's for sure. AD, man, Mo Bamba would have helped us in this game. Yes, this would have been a Mo Bamba game, and this is why, and I said it coming into the game, why the Lakers needed another big. Why you need another big, it's for matchups like this. Um, this loss was pure effort. New York wanted this more than us. AD, not a 1A player. We needed this win. Now, we've seen plenty of examples where AD has been a 1A player. Tonight, he was not. And again, you needed AD to be one. Zebo said, new nickname alert, a bleak measly. You just need him to start knocking down some of these shots. And again, my fear is that teams will start doing what the Knicks did, where they aren't defending him behind the arc the same way that they were. Where they're, Because if teams are staying locked and glued to him, well, that opens up things elsewhere on the floor. Yeah, Beasley isn't getting good looks, but that gravity is creating looks for other players. Today, we didn't see that. Today, the Knicks said, well, this guy's not shooting that well, so let's not stay locked to him. And he didn't make them pay. You know, I talked about this yesterday. I talked about it. Uh, I believe I put this out there on Twitter. You have to make the Knicks pay for their defensive choice. I'm a big believer in this. Offensively, you have to make teams pay for their choices. Teams can't take away everything. If teams are going to give you something, you have to make them pay for it. And the Knicks gave open looks to Beasley. He did not make them pay for it. The Knicks... Gave free throws to the Lakers. Now, not enough, but the Lakers didn't make them pay for the free throws that they did take. Um, that's frustrating. That's frustrating because these this was this game probably saw the best looks that Malik Beasley has seen probably all season, and he just didn't knock them down. Again, I think better days are ahead, but hopefully that comes soon because they need it. They need the bounce back three or four game hot streak out of Malik Beasley is needed in the worst way right now. Um, already got that one. Manu's bald spot said. More Darvin Baloney. Brown and Beasley stank, and they were awful. Uh, again, Troy Brown has been very good for the Lakers over the last few weeks. 
So I'm going to look at this game for Troy and say this was an outlier. He had an 0 for 7 shooting from three night. He was shooting like 46% from three. You knew that wasn't sustainable and that at some point he was going to have an off night. It was coming. He was due for it. It was going to happen. Overall, Troy Brown has been very good for the Lakers. I'm willing to dismiss this one as, as an outlier, but Beasley really needs to get going. He really does because, again, teams are starting to change the way they defend him, and that can be a, a bigger problem. Isaiah rebounds and miss free throws killed us. Yep, agree 100%. YouTube watcher said, this is my problem with AD. We saw a lot of this with LeBron and now with D'Lo. AD won't be aggressive when one of his teammates has a great game. I thought this was a game where AD really needed to just, just enforce what he's got, right? Just be there, be a dominant presence, get himself to the basket, go up over guys, get his way to the free throw line, do what he's got to do. And we just didn't see that assertiveness out of him that I think you need to see out of AD. And again, in a game you lose by four, all those little things matter. M Dread AD played soft as F. No excuses for that. No energy. It was not a good energy game out of Anthony Davis. It wasn't a good energy game, I thought, from the Lakers in general. Uh, Beasley was bad, and Troy was his sub, who was also bad. Uh, then Troy subs. Troy's sub was Beasley, vice versa. Makes no sense. Why not try Lonnie or Max? Yeah, I mean, I probably would have gotten and look, Max, I think, is the better defender of the two, but when you're struggling to get anybody else going offensively. I probably would have given Lonnie. I mean, I, my preference would have been just feed more minutes to Austin, but Lonnie probably should have been the, if you're going to try someone else, Lonnie, because you need somebody who can knock down some shots and just create something on their own. Now it can be kind of a high risk, high reward because Lonnie can shoot you out of games too. So you got to be careful there. But with Beasley playing poorly and Troy, it's probably worth, you know, if you get Lonnie to come in for five minutes and he scores six points, seven points or something like that. Knocks in a three, gets a couple buckets at the rim. That can change a game. Since November 25th, this super dope hip hop, 47 games, Beasley's shooting 32.5% from three on 8.6 three-point attempts per, 37.2% from the field. That's not good. Start Reeves, Ham sitting, Braun, AD, and AD and D'Lo. At the same time, so long is facepalm. Yeah, that's not, it's not good. Again, I think that Beasley is a better shooter than that, but he's got to start knocking these down, particularly when they're open ones. If this continues to be a trend where the Knicks and opponents are not covering Beasley like crazy behind the three-point line and he's still not making them pay for it, then you may have to look at either making a change or drastically changing your rotation so he's not playing quite as many minutes. All right, let's get in. Well... See, the star in your role award, I didn't feel like anybody else was all that good in this game. Like, D'Lo was good. Everybody else was just average at best. I don't think I have a star in your role award in this one. Uh, 11, uh, Ham's decision to take D'Lo and AD off the floor at the same time killed us. The zone killed us as well. Yeah, the Knicks picked apart the Lakers zone. They hit threes on it. They also had guys sneak in behind and get offensive rebounds and things of that nature. The zone was not good. Didn't work in this one. Worked last game against the Raptors. Did not work in this one. And then D'Lo and AD, I, we talked about it off the top, so I won't rehash too much, but I would prefer to see them stagger that. Definitely prefer that. Uh, yo, Vernon Carey Jr. and Moses Brown are guys to both look at, both on the younger end, can provide some rim protection, bigger body insurance for fouls. 
yeah, that that does open things up a little bit to where if you feel like, hey, one of the veterans, Boogie, Favors, Whiteside, Dwight, whoever, you know, those guys aren't Ibaka, uh, Aldridge. If those guys aren't the guys that you want to look at, maybe you do try one of these younger guys who's kind of been bouncing around the league a little bit. I think they're probably going to go with a veteran, but we'll see. Dennis, we need a big body out there. Can't rebound. LOL. Yeah, I mean, we knew that was going to be a thing coming into this game that the Lakers were going to need to find a way to rebound the basketball. And what was one of my big concerns was Wenyon going up against Hartenstein. I like Wenyon a lot, but you're asking a lot from him when he's going up against some of the bigger players out there. Kyle Robert's offensive rebounds and missed free throws killed us on a game that was just asking for us to win. It was right there for them. It was right there. And this game was there for them to win. They just couldn't find a way to do it. Usman said, Trevor, we need a center. Wenyon gets cooked. I agree. You need a center. And I, and again, I like Wenyon. I'm not going to say a bunch of negative stuff about Wenyon. I think just physically, you need somebody for the bigger matchups when you're going up against a bigger body. Darius, this one hurts, but we need to put it away and get ready for New Orleans. AD has had two bad games. Hopefully, he has a major bounce back. Yes, indeed. AD needs a major bounce back in the worst way. Again, we need AD to find a way to go back to being that dominant dominant force for the Lakers. Sky Tier says, we, we're going to bounce back. I like the optimism. Let's do it. Dante said, Trevor, I have tickets to the Rockets and LA game in Houston on Wednesday. Do you think AD will play in a back-to-back? Man, I would hope so. Um, last opportunity he had to play in a back-to-back, he didn't. Um, that was the Memphis OKC back-to-back. He didn't play on the second night of the back-to-back, and that one, fortunately, the Lakers still found a way to win against OKC. But at this point, you look at how tight the standings are, I don't think you have the luxury of not playing him second night of a back-to-back, especially, like, if you don't play him and you accidentally lose a game to the Rockets, oh, boy, that's big, big trouble for the Lakers. So I would hope that that he does play in that game. They They need him to, 100%. They need him to play in that second night of a back-to-back. We'll see what ultimately ends up happening, though. Again, they didn't play him last time, and they made it sound like maybe that was kind of the thing. So, uh, Shay said, KCP went in slumps. Everyone relax on Beasley, chill. Look, and I've been talking about that. KCP would go through long shooting slumps. That was a thing that would happen. And then he would go through streaks where for months he shot extremely well. Hopefully that's where we go here with Beasley. And again, I think he's a better shooter than what we've seen. I think that's fair to say he's a better shooter than what we've seen. At some point, the numbers will catch up. But with the way the standings look and where you're at, you may not have time to let him come back into a rhythm. If there were 40 games left in the season, I'd be saying, yeah, I mean, keep giving him looks, do what you can, right? Keep giving those looks because you know, that at some point it's going to come back around and you're going to be better off for it. But with the amount of time left and everything that's riding on every single game, you don't have time to mess around. And so this is why I've been saying for the last couple of games, Beasley needs a bounce back shooting performance. You just need him hitting more from behind the arc. Uh, Carnivorous said the bench did its job. Almost 50 points. This game's on the starters. Everyone besides D'Lo underperformed. AD can't get shut down. By Ben Wallace, I mean Hartenstein. Yeah, AD's, look, when he's in that matchup with Hartenstein, I like Hartenstein a lot, but AD needs to dominate that matchup. 
He does. Bobby said AD was a paperweight in the second second half. High pick and roll was dead on arrival. No second chance shots. Should have benched AD in the second half for Gabriel. No, I definitely wouldn't go that far. Even if AD is just doing things on, on defense and on the boards, he gives you a lot more than winning Gabriel. Even if he's not being good on the offensive end, Ham made zero adjustments. That's also not correct. The adjustments they made didn't result in a win, but it's not that they made no adjustments. Uh, and again, I think we confuse those two things. We see when the team doesn't win, we go, oh, clearly they didn't adjust. No, they made adjustments. They, the result just wasn't a win. Less Troy Brown threes, more Rui Hachimura post-ups. Yeah, in hindsight, that certainly would have helped because Troy Brown was not hitting the threes tonight at all. Has Beasley ever heard of a pump fake? Well, I mean, if he hasn't, he should talk to Rui Hachimura because he is great at it. Every shot he takes is contested. I know he can make them, but Ham needs to work on getting him some open looks. I thought he got pretty open looks tonight. I was pretty pleased with the looks Beasley was getting in this game. Uh, some of that was the Knicks' defensive schemes, and that's maybe a concern. I thought Beasley just didn't knock him down, and that's that's worrisome. Re, you said it. I didn't. AD must have been hungover from his birthday. AD did have his 30th birthday yesterday. That thought was out there. There were people who were talking about that. Did AD have a birthday party? What happened there? I I can't say. I don't know. Maybe he was in bed at 9 o'clock. I have no idea. So I can't comment or say that's true or not, but I did see that conversation going around on social media. Like, is this the birthday game for AD where maybe he's not feeling his best. Nico, it's now an absolute must win against the Pelicans. Yep. Hopefully the game against Houston is a surefire win. Hopefully back to back will be really huge. AD or LA really needs a backup five. Yep. Um, I would expect them to go pick somebody up. I would expect them to do it. The question is going to be how quickly can you work someone out and bring somebody in and say, that's our guy. Cause you got to make the right choice, but I would expect to see them add somebody on a 10 day. Avant traders said, if Mavs, Warriors, Jazz, Wolves lose tomorrow and Tuesday, we win and OKC loses, we'll be tied for seventh and one game behind the sixth Warriors. Yeah, but that's a lot of things that have to go right now, right? But you're right in, in the sense that there's still a path here, right? It's not like all is over and the Lakers simply can't make a run or anything like that. They definitely can. There's still a path, but they need some things to go their way. Nothing went their way tonight. And last night was a bad night too. All of the Eastern Conference teams that we needed to win did not win against Western Conference teams. All of the Eastern Conference teams instead lost to teams that we needed them to beat in the West, including the Warriors in that box matchup. Um, so some things have got to start breaking the Lakers' way. To be fair, I thought over the last week and a half or so, a lot of things did break the Lakers' way, but the past two days have not been good. Antoine said, Master Lock Ham ran zone to start the fourth two wide open threes. Gave the Knicks confidence, and this is the third game where AD's free throws cost us the game. We would be 500, Boston, Philly, and the Knicks. Yeah, AD, again, one for five at the free throw line, and he lost the game by four. That hurts. Johnny, why not get Boogie Cousins? Yeah, he's one of the guys that should be in the mix. The question is, what is it you really need? Do you need a big who's going to give you a little bit of offensive punch? If that's and you can make an argument for that, I'm not saying it's not, but if that's really what you're going for, then yes, Boogie makes some sense. He's not going to give you much in the way of defensive versatility. He's not going to give you much in the way of rim protection, but a bit of offensive punch, sure, he can do that. Uh, maybe help you a bit on the boards. Dwight probably the better just 
defender, assuming these guys are all in tip top shape at this point, Dwight, probably just the better defender and rebounder, but doesn't give you nearly as much on the offensive end. Ibaka, a little bit more versatility can step out and shoot the three for you. So there's that, um, you know, you look at some of the different options that they've got. LaMarcus Aldridge can shoot a little bit, but doesn't offer the rim protection. There's no perfect player there. And so I think the Lakers have to decide what is it that we need the most out of a big, and let's find the guy who can do that. Because we know you're not going to find a guy who's blocking shots, great on the boards, and can shoot the three. You, that guy's not out there. That, that guy doesn't. That, the guy is already on a roster. If that player was out there, they've already been scooped up. So the Lakers, have they have to decide what is it that we need the most and then go from there. But I think before you even get to that, it's who's in shape, who's ready to play right now. Cause all these guys are out of the league currently. All right. Matthew says Lakers need Hassan Whiteside. He would have been a beast and defended the glass tonight. So I've seen people say boogie. I've seen people say Dwight. I've seen people say Whiteside to me. It comes down to who's in shape. Who's ready to go now? That has to be the biggest factor. Nico, getting to 500 this week is still possible. It indeed is. You win the next two games, you're at 500. There you go. And you beat the Pelicans and you beat the Rockets. You're at 500. Suke, the refs were also street trash tonight. I did not like the way this game was being officiated early on. I thought that Randall got going at the free throw line on some really bad calls. I thought... He shot seven free throws and maybe a couple of, maybe three, or maybe like one or two attempts at the line. I'm sorry, one or two trips to the line were deserved. The rest of them weren't. We also saw a big play where AD got fouled twice at the rim on two separate attempts, got fouled, no call. Randall comes down on the breakaway because of the no call in AD and gets a bucket and one. Five-point swing right there. Three points added on to two points taken away from the Lakers. Three points added on to um, the Knicks. That was a big missed call, particularly when we've got a game that was decided by four points. So look, the, the referees were not good early in the game, but I don't want to want that to let the Lakers off the hook. They have plenty of time to respond. Again, I thought the officiating was rough in the first quarter. They have, the Lakers had plenty of time to respond to that. They had plenty of time to get back in this thing and to take this game to win it. It was right there for them. That's on them. That's on them. And you can say coaching players, you know, all that. I don't look at this and say the referees caused the Lakers to lose this game. They made some bad calls early on and those calls certainly matter, but the Lakers had every opportunity to right the ship and they just didn't do it. They didn't do it in this one. It was unfortunate. Again, a very unfortunate night across the board. Sean, I'm sure glad LeBron didn't play with his 20 to 25 points, seven, eight rebounds. He would have really hurt our chances tonight. What's the, what is the point that's being made here? Is this a thing? Like, I saw somebody making this comment on Twitter, like sarcastically saying, saying, yep, the Lakers are really better without LeBron. Is anyone saying that? Has that really been a thing? Like, I haven't seen that. So that's why I'm asking. I haven't seen anybody saying the Lakers are better without LeBron. Um, if that's a thing, that's it's ridiculous. They're not better without LeBron's one of the greatest of all time. Maybe the greatest. They are not better without LeBron. So if that's if that was the point here um, of, of this comment, I don't know who's saying that, but just I mean, just laugh. Like that's that's crazy. Say, oh, they're they're better without LeBron. That's like the people running around saying the Grizzlies are better without Jaw last year because they were winning games. 
uh, without him. Doesn't make your, your team better. James said, games like this shows me AD can't be a 1A. He defers too much to an alpha, uh, to be uh, to an alpha presence. So in this case, deferring too much to D'Lo. Again, I thought there were moments where AD needed, needed to put, a, uh, put his foot on the gas pedal, and he just didn't. Um, not good. Not good at all. Brian Hart said, Ham needs to make better decisions against uh, games. I still think he has a rookie thinking. I thought that's been our criticism of Ham for a few weeks now, is that he's a little bit slow to call timeouts, a little bit slow to make adjustments, and I don't think there's time for that in in the schedule right now. I think you have to jump in and save your team a little bit more when things are not going well. And you look, he subbed AD and D'Lo back into the game sooner than he typically would in the fourth quarter. So there was an adjustment there, but it still didn't quite pay off. And some of that is, look, the Lakers got to the line, didn't make them, didn't hit the threes they needed to hit. You know, I mean, some of it was that, but Ham deserves some of the blame as well. Why did the shot clock reset after the Dennis reach-in foul? Shouldn't it have stayed at 16? Uh, because the clock hadn't passed 14. If if you're past 14, then the clock resets to 14. So if you're at 10 seconds left and you foul, the clock goes to 14, right? But if you are if you haven't hit 14 second mark yet, then it's going to go back to 24. That's just the way. Typically, you see the foul taken after that, but that's yeah, that's why they did that. So not. Not ideal. Wasn't good for the Lakers in that situation because it gave the Knicks that much more time. I'm not saying the Lakers would have won the game, but yeah, not good timing for the Lakers on that possession. We do need to get to the master lock. I'll get there in just a moment. But uh, Hoodie 5 said, thank you, Trevor, for the work you put into these streams and videos. Keep up the excellent work. Well, thank you. I I definitely appreciate that. Definitely appreciate that. Um, You know, it's a labor of love and we're here through thick and thin. Through the difficult nights, we're here. And through the fun nights where they win and it's a fantastic game and all that, like last game. Uh, and we get to celebrate together. We'll we'll be here to commiserate together and we'll talk through it and we'll move on to the next one. And that's the way it goes. Just like we'll be here to celebrate as well as, as a community, as Lakers Nation. All right, let's get into the Master Lock. I don't think it's any question what's going to happen here. Master Lock of the Night. Master lock of the night It's where we take the most frustrating or annoying thing from the game and we put it in. Chris, the masterpiece masters finishing hold. I'm master lock in the free throws. Master lock in free throw shooting. You're 10 of 17 from the free throw line in a game you lost by four. That's that's it. You shot 60%, 58.8% from the free throw line. You lose the game by four. Um, that's it, right? That's that's the game right there. Now, there's a lot of other stuff, of course, that went into it, but that's not good enough at the free throw line. You really hurt yourself with missed free throws in this one. AD was one for five. That's not getting it done. And then you just had enough other guys who missed one. You know, Dennis Schroeder, one for two. Troy Brown, three for four. But AD, one for five at the free throw line. And really, just we could say AD in general was not aggressive enough. But that one of five three th- uh, free throw shooting from AD, who is a very good free throw shooter, really made it tough. Mark, 18 seconds left, down two, blew 14 seconds off the clock before fouling. Can't make those kinds of mistakes if you want to be a contender. Aside from Davis, we had no paint protection or rebounding. Yeah, um, you can't do that, and the Lakers did. I know they were going for the steal, but you can't do that for any lengthy period of time. You have to go for the steal, and if you don't get it, 
foul quickly. I understand two, three, four seconds going for the steal, and you got a foul. Now, the Knicks did a good job moving the ball in that situation and playing keep away, but still, you do have to foul much quicker if you're the Lakers there, and that's something that the Lakers just need to work on. The coaching staff needs to work on this with the team and make sure they're aware of, hey, this is what we do late in games. So there's no confusion because it did look like they were a bit confused on what it was that they were trying to do out there at that point. All right, everybody. I appreciate you guys for joining me. Uh, again, difficult night. Not the kind of night we wanted to see. Certainly a major missed opportunity. But now the Lakers have a chance to bounce back on Tuesday against the New Orleans Pelicans. Let's see. They can get the job done there. But again, thank you for joining me. Make sure you do subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications. And of course, follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, stay safe and see ya. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.